You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. Sometimes lack of compassion comes from the thing, you just don't value that thing. You don't see the value in it, and so you're not really concerned about it. And so when we get in the scripture and amongst each other, we are reminded what God feels is important. And then we can be compassionate like he would. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor, and we are capping off a series called Heaven on Earth, and I am joined by two special guests and friends. First, we have Lee Pastor Jose Evero with us. Jose, thanks for being here. And Jose, I want you to introduce our very first special guest here. Yes, for the first time, we have Dr. Carl Fallingstad in the house. So Carl um, goes to the Tuesday Night Community Group over in San Marcos Kyle area, and he is a Bible... Uh, translation consultant. Is that it? Yeah, exactly. There you go, for Wycliffe. <laughs> and he's working on a translation of the Bible for um, a country in the north of Africa. And so it is awesome to have you here, Carl, and looking forward to the conversation. Thank Welcome. you so much. Yes, he just led a community group equipping time yeah. just this past Sunday, talking about the OIA method. And so I'm excited to, to jump in and talk about the Sunday message, Jose, that you capped off. We talked about five gifts that God has left us uh, that we don't have to wait to heaven to experience. And so this week you were talking about being a witness and us being a gift. Love to get your thoughts as you prepared for this message this week. And then we'll dive into some of yeah, the, it the really, stuff. Yeah, it really took me back to the beginning of the series when I looked at this word witness and saw that the translation actually uses the word martyr. And Mm -hmm. martyr is someone who's willing to lay down their life for a cause. And, um, you know, first I thought, how am I doing? (laughs) Am I willing to lay down my life for Jesus? And and so it brought me to that place of introspection um, as to how, how serious am I um, in, in my walk with the Lord and in my witness and in how I live that out and share that with those, those around me. And uh, I, I love, you know, when, when I was reading the passage again in Luke 24, that, you know, this last gift is us. He's using us, this gift uh, through the Holy Spirit. So he, he, Jesus ascends and then the Holy Spirit descends and, and acts. But in, in this passage in Matthew that we read, God gives them authority. He gives them his, his divine authority to uh, be his witnesses to the people of Israel at the time. And so um, we are a gift as, as the people of God. And, and we need to take that seriously as we uh, love those and, and talk to those that don't yet know Jesus. You laid out four ways in which we can be a witness. But first you kind of talked about the Holy Spirit and just the value that it brings as our comforter, our counselor, and then our commissioner. And so uh, we've talked about the Holy Spirit uh, for. For, for very often. And so I'd love to hear it just in this context here when it comes to witnessing both of y'all's thoughts on just the significance that we have by having the Holy Spirit within us as we seek to be a witness. Yeah, um, it's, it's everything. I mean, scripture teaches us time and time again, we don't need to worry about being prepared, being equipped. He does the equipping. So that little uh, phrase I used on Sunday that God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the call. That's mm-hmm. thanks to the Holy Spirit. He does the equipping. And Carl, I'm curious. I mean, you've seen this, you've lived abroad. Mm-hmm. How long now have you lived overseas? Oh, 35 plus years, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you've seen you've seen a lot of different mm-hmm. uh, cultures. Right. And you've seen the Holy Spirit use mm-hmm. you, you in the churches that you've been a part of in those mm-hmm. places that aren't, Christian, uh, there there isn't a Christian majority. And so mm-hmm. I'm curious how you've seen that uh, active in, in your time. 
abroad? Well, I can just use the example of our new translator. Let's call him William. Uh, mm -hmm. He was in, in his country, and uh, he was having a lot of success in ministry. The Holy Spirit was really working through him and his wife and the ministry they had. And uh, then he got betrayed by somebody who was actually kind of jealous that he was having so many people in his fellowship. And so he got turned into the... the uh, major religion government of his country. Wow. And he got put in prison and uh, for about, uh, I think it was four or five months, and they threatened him with death and also to, to take out his family as well. And so he had, to, he had to make a decision there, you know, Lord, can I trust, can I trust my family to you? Because if I don't deny, if I, de if I, don't deny your name, right. they, could, they could actually do something to my family because they, they had arrested them as well. So um, right then, the Holy Spirit gave him the courage, just like an ax when, you know, they were threatened by the Sanhedrin, don't preach in Jesus' name anymore. They said, Lord, give us boldness. He prayed, I, I trust my family to you. And he said, I will not recant. And uh, the Lord really blessed that. Uh, he was released uh, through the intervention of the Human Rights Commission of Europe uh, sometime later, and then moseyed on down to where I'm working with him overseas remotely. And now he's having a great part on uh, the Bible translation for his people group. So <laughs> That's an incredible story. <laughs> that is an incredible example. And, uh, and just to see God working both internationally and right here at right. home as well. Jose, you laid out four kind of points. I'd love to jump into these as far as what it looks like to witness. And the first one here is starting with compassion and just taking the yeah. judgment off. We saw this uh, in the example passage you gave, Jose, just in Matthew 9, 36, where Jesus had compassion on the crowd as he saw them. And so I'd love to hear, uh, as we try to unpack this, get a little practical for both of y'all, what does that look like for you, uh, particularly when you are struggling to have compassion? I think there's some people that we just may naturally gravitate to have more love or compassion towards, but but just what do you do and how do you check your own heart to just recognize that as you seek to be a witness, just first off, just understanding and developing a sense of, of compassion. So how do you how do you develop that and how do you maintain that yeah. uh, in the work that God has yeah, for you? It, re it really has to flow mm -hmm. from abiding in Christ and yes. knowing, knowing Jesus personally and recognizing that he has been incredibly compassionate and patient with me. Mm -hmm. um, because otherwise it, there does come a point where I run out of compassion. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think, I think I'd like to think that I have some compassion, you know, that, right. that, that I, that I'm a compassionate person. Um, but when, when, when I am not continually connected to the source of compassion, which is my relation, my mm -hmm. personal relationship with Jesus, uh, that that tends to to run out. Mm -hmm. um, you, you are right. We, it's easier to have compassion on some people than than others. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I don't know. I think for Jesus, Jesus had compassion, mm -hmm. um, and then he showed great frustration and anger. And it's interesting when he showed anger. I don't. Carl, help me out here, but he mm -hmm. showed anger to the religious elite. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. most if not all circumstances of Jesus getting angry was towards those that thought that they were okay with God, right. but, but they, truly, they truly weren't. They were proud, they were arrogant. Um, and, and so a lot of that has to do with humility. I think yeah. once we have humility, we, we can have compassion. Right. Um, I think too, uh, along with that, is just that uh, as we stay in God's word and with his people, we continually are reminded of the value of things. Um, and 
it's, it's we have compassion towards things that are <clears throat> valuable and we consider our values or our uh, are important. And so when we get in the scripture and amongst each other, we we are reminded how what God feels is important. And then um, we can be compassionate like he would. Sometimes lack of compassion comes from the thing, you just don't value that thing. You don't see the value in it, and so you're not really concerned about it. So, you know, the fact that God loves the lost and is yeah. always thinking about the lost like a shepherd, um, you know, if, if we stay connected in, in community and in this word, we see that, you know, he really cares about the lost, you know, yeah. way more than we do. Yeah. And that's another source, I think, for compassion is just saying, well, what does he value? Yeah, because I know, like in missions, not a lot of people are very excited about you know cross cultural missions. I've found in my whatever uh, long time, and basically, it's kind of like you know maybe somebody getting interested in 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 a sport that her husband is into, you know, or vice versa, maybe getting interested in something your wife's into. You know, you might not value it at yourself initially, but as you you know you're with somebody who loves that. And you love them, then it rubs off, and then you get you get that same thing that uh, you know. You're saying that that happens in community. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. and through the word too, because that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really good. The second point here, uh, just even continuing in the passage here that just lays out the the twelve disciples and Jose. I love how you stopped and just acknowledged and even just processed who these men were that Jesus empowered. And kind of the second point here is just to take the pressure off and that God uses imperfect people for His perfect purposes. I think whether it's you know going across the street and witnessing to a neighbor or across the world, there's right. this this uh, easy thought to maybe believe that oh I, I'm not capable or I don't have the story or I don't have the testimony. I don't have the answers. And so uh, just even not letting that hold us back. Why is that so important, Jose? And I would love to hear both of y'all's thoughts on just how you've seen God work through you in ways that maybe you didn't expect. Yeah, I mean, we're talking to an expert Bible translator here, knows the word in, in its original language better than anyone I know. And, and, you know, Taylor, you and I are in ministry, so we wear pastor's hats and it's hard for us. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't wanna speak for y'all, but I'm, it, it's hard for us to enter into those um, conversations when, when you feel that nudge, man, I, I, I know that Jesus is best for this person and I just wanna share my story. I wanna share something. It, it's, it's difficult. Um, and I think looking back to who God chose to be his, I mean, these are his main dudes. These are the 12. This is his tight knit group. And the Bible is clear. These details are here on purpose to show us. These are regular guys. These are regular guys and, and, and we are regular guys and God uses regular people. God uses imperfect people for his perfect purposes. He uses ordinary for the you know, extraordinary. And, and that's how awesome and beautiful, um, you know, that's, that's what comes out of these passages when we recognize the little mm-hmm. details. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that reminds me of a passage we've been working on on the translation team about uh, when the disciples, uh, apostles, stroke apostles are uh, uh, <clears throat> warned by the Sanhedrin not to preach in Jesus' name anymore. And one verse says, yeah, and they, they looked at these guys, they recognized them that they'd been with Jesus, but they hadn't been schooled in their seminaries, mm-hmm. more or less. Yeah. You know, so they weren't, they weren't you know, the rabbinic really? students like yeah. you think and look at the programs with the Orthodox, you know, going to the rabbinic schools and chewing on the scripture and the Talmud. And they were the fishermen guys. Uh, they're not stupid, obviously. And they had a great scripture background. 
anyway, but they weren't, uh, they weren't the seminary guys of the time and they noticed that. Yeah, no, that's good. Another thing this reminds me of uh, in this passage, we got a, a question, a podcast question from the ccc.guide asking just even more or asking to elaborate more on the difference between where it was initially called disciple in this verse and then it goes into apostle. And so I had never heard that before until you brought that out, Jose. And I love that kind of just interesting uh, parallel there. So I'd love to hear I'm your I'm so thoughts. glad Carl is here. <laughs> Teach us, Carl. Actually, that's really a relevant question. It's, you know, they are overlapping. So the 12 disciples, well, I should say the 11 disciples plus Matthias who came in after Judas, they're also, uh, yes, so the the word for disciple is is basically learner in Greek, but then the word for apostle is sent one. And uh, so they're kind of both, when Jesus sends them out on mission, they're apostles, and they're also the 12 disciples also. Mm. And in Acts, it's used, uh, the believers, new believers in Christ are, are called mostly disciples, but then people like Barnabas um, is an, also an, an apostle. apostle. Yeah, You're right. Paul as well. And Paul. And then, of course, there's a really technical term for apostle, which means somebody who's been sent directly by Jesus Christ himself, and that includes the 12 plus Paul. Right. And then that's a very, that's kind of like um, the, the office of apostleship. Um, uh, they were special guys. And then, you, of course, you have the apostle uh, gift in, 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 of, in of a church. messenger, kind of like church planner yeah. stroke, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sent one. Yeah, so th- there's kind of a whole range. It's kind of hard to translate that, actually. <laughs> Would you say in this passage, in, um, in, in this passage in Matthew, that the change went from he gathered the 12 disciples. Mm-hmm. I don't have the text in front of me, but then he gave them the mission. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the mission right. that's literally sent them out. Yes. And so mm-hmm. that would be the significant mm-hmm. you know, change in that is that they now have authority and they now have direction right. from Jesus to, right. to go. Mm-hmm. Therefore, title change. Exactly. Yeah, it's 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 similar role, but different. And um, that that confirmed, you know, that's that's exactly what it, so what it was like. So we are all sent ones. Yes, mm-hmm. we all we're all called to go and, and be apostles to our right. families and our workplaces and neighborhoods and schools. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do we how do we figure out where to go? Because that, that leads into the third point here, as far as just go where you are. Mm-hmm. And Jose, yeah. you had on here, follow the favor. And so, let me get your thoughts on on that issue, both of y'all, and even just your personal stories of how you know. I think a lot of times. Again, in the same way that the pressure is on as far as feeling like we have to have it together, we have to be perfect. I think the pressure is also on, at least for me at times, because I like a plan. So I'm a planner. So I'm like, okay, God, tell me the plan. Where's the two-year, five-year, 10-year plan here? Uh, he, he doesn't He doesn't usually do that. <laughs> so at least not in my life. And so what does it look like for y'all to go where you are and then just how you even discern God's will uh, in the midst of that? For me, all of this has to do with acknowledging that he is truly Lord. And he, he, there, there is a purpose for us to be in this room today, mm-hmm. sharing these words, recording on these devices, and whoever may be listening, you, you are listening to this. God, God's in control of all of that, mm-hmm. and, and that, that to me gives, it gives me confidence that He is with me, mm-hmm. that, that He's going to use me. So I'll share this quick story. When I started following Jesus, um, you know that actually made me want to stay at Texas State. I was, I was preparing to transfer out. I actually had um, dreams of going back to Mexico and studying there because I didn't spend, spend a lot of time there um, as a kid. And when I got grounded in community, 
I, I realized this is, I'm anchored here. Mm-hmm. This is what's most important. Mm-hmm. And I was growing in my faith quickly. Mm-hmm. I was actually shipped off to Europe on mission. Mm-hmm. So I just so happened to meander into a, a mission trip meeting. And that's what our community was doing. We, we were getting ready to go to Wolverhampton, England. And I hopped on the team, went overseas. And that experience for me was huge. And I, that, you know, that's, that's an example of, I was sent across the, 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 you know, the ocean mm-hmm. um, while staying where God had me. Mm-hmm. And that's the power of, of God is he will direct us. It's not only stay local, mm-hmm. um, but stay where you are and watch God move you wherever. Carl, I'd love yeah. to hear your perspective as God has moved you guys many different places. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, just the fact that with the new diaspora all over the place, where you are here actually can be very cross-cultural. I mean, there's all sorts yes. of international students right. around Texas State. We're just playing soccer with them with yeah. Jose on Sundays yeah. on occasion. Yeah. You know, you get in all sorts, we in Nepal, Nigeria, mm-hmm. elsewhere, and it's, it's so fun, you know. So where you are locally actually can be very international mm-hmm. <laughs> these days, right? Yeah. So it's very different than in, in sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just reminded as you were speaking, um, we're kind of professionally outreaching to the unreached as missionaries with uh, Bible translation. You know, it's getting the word into, especially uh, unreached languages, although even... Some places are semi-reached, we call, where it's there is a church, but they, they may be using a translation from the major language and they haven't really indigenized their faith. Okay. And so that's a different kind of thing, but that's also an outreach too. But I was reminded when we were uh, living in, in uh, that East African country we were living in, um, the Lord gave us a new heart for uh, just the people that were around us. There's a lot of diplomats in the, in the capital city where we were living. And so, um, you know, every soul, Jesus died for every soul, whether it's an unreached people group or, you know, your UN guy next door. And um, basically, we got involved in a church plant uh, for kind of, quote unquote, we call them the global nomads. Those are people coming in from the U.S. Embassy or the UN that maybe have a three-year stint in the capital city. And we wanted to hit them with the gospel and with, you know— you know, the word of God and community just so they would be impacted because a lot of these people, interestingly enough, they would never darken the door of a church in their own country. Hmm. But in the foreign country for fellowship and coffee and whatnot, that they might say, well, I like the coffee. I'll just go to the church or I like being with, you know, other diplomats. So I'll go there. And uh, so it was it was really amazing. The Lord really uh, brought up kind of like an outreach to Hmm. Uh, you know, global diplomat. I know you can relate to international, uh, you know, Jose actually was involved in that. Yeah, when I lived in The Hague in the Netherlands, my third year of uh, college, um, the same thing happened. I mean, that's called the City of International Justice and Peace. So there were diplomats from all over. Our our church was very, very Mm -hmm. multicultural. And uh, you're you're right, there is something, well, it's not Africa, but if you're somewhere really, really uh, different and, and new, and then there's this, uh, welcoming, hospitable culture right, right. Um, in in the midst that 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 is from you know the gospel and, and the word mm-hmm. um, that that can bring people to to Christ. So yeah. yeah, it's 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 God ordained. He he ordains it. He he directs it. The question is, are we willing to join him in what he's already doing? I think that's another point. 
to yeah. this is God's working. Mm-hmm. He's wanting to use you. Are you willing to be used? Right. Yeah, no, that's exactly. good. And I think that's a key piece as far as just going with confidence, because if we don't understand that, if we don't if we truly know that God is going before us, then it's the pressure is on us to say the right thing, to yeah. do the right thing. Um, and that's that fourth point there to go with confidence. I'd love to ask both of y'all kind of a, a question related to this is how do you continue to go or continue to go with confidence when just uh, it doesn't seem like the person or the people you're trying to reach or witness to are receptive to it. So it can be one thing to say, okay, yeah, I'm going with confidence. I'm ready to go. And then you may hit a wall. You may hit two walls. You may hit five. And so I'd love to hear both of y'all's thoughts on that as far as how do you continue to go with confidence despite maybe the outcomes that you experience? Yeah, my aim with this last point was to summarize um, these gifts. So peace, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he, he, he says, peace be on, on this house. And if your peace lies there, stay there. If if not, not move on. Mm-hmm. Um, so the peace is the gospel message that we are children of God. We've been totally forgiven. And then there's a purpose for our lives. Um, and so when I, I feel rejection, when when I reach out to someone and I, I recognize my peace is not laid there, I think the challenge for me in confidence is to continue to love people uh, in the, you know, unconditionally. There's no condition to you saying yes to Jesus for, for me to love you. I'm gonna love you, why? Because God loves you, period. Um, my daughter came home from school one day and, um, you know, we talk about Jesus at home and, and she told me, dad, I'm really sad because my friend's mom doesn't believe in Jesus. And I said, how do you know? I said, well, because I asked her. And I said, oh, wow. And what did, what did you say to her? And she said, that's okay. Jesus loves her anyway, you know? And I wanna have my daughter's heart for all, all, all people. And that's because it's God's heart for all people. Um, so remembering that it's not up to us. Um, God just wants to use us and it's his time. We talked about that verse in 1 Corinthians, some plant, others water, but God's the one that makes things grow. So recognize that this is not something that we have to, you know, do in and of, uh, in and of ourselves. Right. Yeah, that's that's a very relevant question, especially for those working in quote unquote major religion ministry, where oftentimes it's it's very uh, it's a long term. You don't see fruit for a long time. Um, but as you said, you know, we're our responsibility is to sow and and pray for soft soil and uh, let the Holy Spirit do the generation and be available. Wow. And sometimes you, you don't know. I, I remember a translation project in West Africa. You know, they, they had basically done a translation. Nothing was happening. They left the area. They retired. And one of them even passed away. And it wasn't until the right time in God's timing that all of a sudden, kaboom, it just blew up. And they, they, the indigenous scriptures was just right for that time when the Holy Spirit was raising up uh, people in the in the language group. But, it, you know, that's long term. It's long term. You know, in Kenya, we're all about marathons, right? Because we have the best marathoners in the world. And it's different than a 100 meter or a 400 meter. And, and we're mostly, if you look at U.S. athletics, we're awesome at Sprinting. 100 up to 400 or 800. But then, you know, although we're getting better, we're you know, getting we're better. getting some better marathoners and yeah, also 1,500 meter people. Right. But I'm just saying in general, you know, that's been our, you know, sprinting, you know, 100 meters, fast up, fastest guy in the world. 
But, you know, you know, a marathon is a different kind of race, and mostly the spiritual life is more like a marathon, I think, than it is a 100-meter dash. I thought about this. I have this on my notes. I'm not going to get it out, but the amount of gold medals that Usain Bolt won, <laughs> like how long that took him to win all those yeah. medals, and it's just minutes. You put all of his medals. It's just minutes of running. That's crazy. You know? And, and think about the fame and the glory that the fastest man in the world yeah. gets yeah. compared to these Kenyans yeah. that, that, that run for— Two hours, right. I think, right? right. Uh, which is very, very fast. <laughs> two hours to run 26.2 miles anyway. But who are they? I don't even know their names. Yeah. They don't get any of the glory yeah. because yeah. no one wants to watch a marathon. Mm-hmm. But everybody wants to watch this flash of right. bolt, you yeah, know, yeah. go from A to B in right, nine right. seconds. Right. And, and it's the same with our faith. Mm-hmm. It's hard to go the marathon. Right. It's easy to just do a sprint. Mm-hmm. But... When we run the marathon, we're running God's race. Yeah. It's God's way. Yeah. He's long-term. Mm. I want to ask one more question. That's just a starting point for someone that is ready to share what God's up to, ready to witness. What does this look like? Just even in a, I know the context may look different each time, but what are some maybe starting points in your lives where you've been able to sort of process and then begin to witness to those around you? I would say be authentic and share your story. Talk to someone in a community group, someone at church that um, you may recognize, maybe just a couple of steps in front of you and, and share your concerns honestly and say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about this or this is the person that I have on my heart. How, how would you go about you know, reaching out to this person and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you through what he's showing you in, in your life, what you're reading in his word and then encouragement of the folks around you. Yeah, I think um, it was so cool that, you know, Jose brought in the Holy Spirit before he even went through because that's actually the key. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember just this it happened a couple months ago. I was in for a haircut somewhere <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was just chatting with the hairstylist. And but I was praying, you know, Lord, if you know, if you if you open up an opportunity and uh, the Holy Spirit gave me sort of a, a trajectory to go on. Uh, and I didn't know what it was. I, it was basically saying, you know, an impression about talking about grace, mm. you know, and, and just how, how thankful we are for grace and, you know, how uh, any kind, all the world is about works and everything we do, performance, performance, performance. But then you've got God's grace, you know, he gives you freely uh, without you deserving it and stuff like that. Anyway, I talked to her a little bit about that and I found out after I had shared that, I asked her, you know, well, what about, how do you, th- how do you experience grace and stuff like that? And she was a Jehovah's Witness. Hmm. And uh, so, you know, it was very relevant to her because they're very works-based, right? You have to go knock on a certain number of doors, otherwise you're not going to get into the kingdom. It's very hmm. yeah, serious works, you know, you can check things off like that. So, um, yeah, that was just a moment that the Holy Spirit, you know, as we depend wow. on Him, he's, he's more interested than I am at talking to this hairstylist. Right. And so, uh, you know, there's always like that online dependence Mm. that always keeps us honest as well. Uh, But, you know, just praying for those opportunities, being dependent. I think that's a great way to to cap it off. Um, Rely on the Holy Spirit. He he cares more about people than we do. He sees them, knows us, Um, and loves us so much so that Jesus came. And so he wants us to share that with others authentically. 
All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.